Hey, it's Cambrio from cambriomusic.com, and today I have a wonderful interview with Kate and Ryan. Together, they are the band Older Siblings. Thanks for coming by, and let's get started. Cambrio is a fucking legend. Hey. Hey, Cam, how's it going? Good, good. Doing all right? Good. Kate's here too. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for having us, man. We uh, we appreciate it, man. No, definitely. I know um, you guys were talking, I think, to Alex and he put me on some of your stuff and I've been uh, listening, ever, listening ever since. Oh, nice. Nice. Awesome. That's good to hear. <laughs> so have you both been playing for a while? Uh yeah yeah i mean uh what should i say like we've been playing i don't know for 20 years or so we started you know took lessons on different instruments when we were kids but um eventually in the past couple years we just decided to give it a go as a band basically yeah like where i think ryan's been playing the guitar for like 20 years i guess i started playing like keyboard when i was younger but i just started the drums for this band so about two years or so i guess but yeah yeah have you had the drums lying around or do you pick them up somewhere um yeah ryan got some like on like kijiji or something from in halifax a few years ago and then he just kind of had them around because i think he wanted to like start a band or wanted somebody to like play and then eventually when we ended up like in the same city he was like oh did you want to like try and do something so i just like started to try playing <laughs> them every so often yeah. cool yeah i had a, a drum set myself just from an older cousin and we'd you know we throw our uh, like a, a winter coat in the uh, bass drum just to get the sound right oh nice nice <laughs> yeah we got the old uh, pillow in the bass right now <laughs> So you guys were like living like uh, apart, did you say? It's yeah. yeah, on and off. I mean, uh, we were, what was it? I guess I kind of like follow Ryan around like behind every few years. <laughs> like he was in uh, Thunder Bay for school, and then we ended up living together. And then he was in Halifax again, and then I ended up moving out there. And then just most recently, you were here in London for school and i just ended up moving out here after school like three years ago yeah for a job and then uh yeah we said basically well we got the time now so let's uh let's see what we can do with it and we actually started kate uh grabbed like a pair of electronic drums and we're like well let's see how this goes because we're just in an apartment right and uh, sometimes the noise levels can get quite high but yeah, yeah, it's been working. It's been working so far. Yeah, have you noticed a bunch of people in the last few years maybe trying new projects, kind of reevaluating sort of stuff and seeing if they wanted to like jump on things maybe they they haven't been doing in the last little while? Yeah, for sure. I think I mean I've definitely noticed that um there's been a few new bands coming together, at least in London here. And I think as you're probably seeing too across, you know. The internet waves people are either releasing new stuff uh sort of starting new projects or like you said i think reevaluating some stuff that had been 
sitting around I mean yeah I don't know if you've been noticing the same thing or yeah I think so a lot of like shifts and like hobbies and and jobs too people yeah like, changing true. jobs and things and yeah yeah some albums I think you know were put on hold but one that I really like that I think um was just put out there was the 2020 uh Fiona Apple I don't know if you ever caught that album that happened oh nice yeah that's uh oh yeah I can picture the cover what what's that one called again uh bolt cutters or something like that yeah yeah okay yeah nice yeah so she had that one set and then she deleted it yeah I think it was done and she just said you know what let's do it and I don't know if the label wasn't so sure, but she's like, well, you guys have it, you know, just, just push the button. <laughs> like it's all done, push the button. And yeah, it, it's a bit more complex, but she's like, well, it's in your hands. Right. And I guess they just went ahead and did it, did it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. We'd been, uh, I mean, not, not that it's the same by any means, but we'd been recording it. Uh, it took a few stints, right. With the different lockdowns and delays and that. And so um, it's been, I mean, it, it was nice to get it out because it's been in the works for a bit too, I'd say. And are you guys trying to share vocals on some tracks? Yeah, I think we're like, we kind of do like back and forth stuff sometimes. And then it's, uh, yeah, there's some tracks where we just like sing the things that we wrote or kind yeah. of depends on the song. Yeah, sometimes even in mediocre, you can see there's a bit of a, call and response in the chorus and um kate takes on room temperature and yeah we split for i guess what becomes cross space curtain in the end there but yeah it's i don't know like you said like kate said kind of a style where sometimes we're just singing what we wrote it's, there's never like a set uh you write the lyrics or i write the whatever it's kind of whoever's got something in the moment for a particular feel of a song and then yeah Sometimes it's not always that person who sings it either. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Crawl space is one that I really like. Did you guys just want to have kind of a, like a mantra or just a, a vibe to that one? Like how did that come together? <laughs> oh, that's always so funny to me. Like we've gotten <laughs> a lot of response for that one, but I don't know. It almost like started out as a joke or like, I don't know. Like it's, it is like a very serious and like, um like it comes from a very like emotional place of like our childhood and we like had this like curtain in our basement and it was always like just a mysterious place kind of a thing so it's it's definitely there's a lot of truth to it but we almost thought that we were getting like that it was like too like intense or something so I don't know we started to kind of like play with it and uh yeah but uh it turned out to be like a fun song I think I think people are like having fun with it yeah for sure I think there's uh the good balance that we're I mean it's not always intentional but we do kind of strike this sort of uh I don't know humoresque but serious but reflective I don't know what it is but yeah the the opening part kind of yeah sets a weird tone and and then we open it up with a bit of a riff and the drums too and uh yeah, I mean, it definitely frames frames the record or frames the EP for sure. Even with your vocal, I get a sense it's almost like a you've got kind of like a like a post punk thing going with the way you sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the vocals have always been uh, our. It, it took us time to figure out. Okay, 
we know we don't sing you know beautifully or anything like that if even if you do call it singing um we just thought well you know we got some catchy stuff and we'll deliver it uh whatever feels most comfortable and yeah for sure i think it's i don't know how would you describe it like a bit of a yell not it's not like a scream but it's a more of a yeah or even like a chanting sometimes it's yeah it's just like trying to get the lyrics out yeah most of the time yeah yeah it's definitely i mean i know most people treat it you know as like another instrument but we're we're more like okay the roughness of the like used drum set that we have with the like heavy distortion on the guitar and our vocals just being that added sort of rough feature it's a it's another instrument in the piece i think so do you usually start with the music or is every song kind of different on how you put it all together yeah that's a good question i mean um for a while when we were starting with the uh electronic drums it would mostly um music and then eventually we you know fine-tune that and say okay well what does this how does this feel for lyrics what kind of uh you know either emotion or theme are we going with here uh but yeah a lot of times it starts with either a drum beat or a guitar riff and then we meld something together and then the lyrics will kind of uh come together along the way uh does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Because even a band like um, like the Strokes that I listened to a long time, I think they've said that really they get the rhythm, the song, and the lyrics. So just just could be anything almost. <laughs> they don't yeah. put a lot of thought. It just kind of comes out at the end. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I definitely, um, I heard Jeff Tweedy say once from Wilco that uh, he just kind of sang random, you know, syllabics or whatever in, in in the spots where he's like, okay, lyrics might go here. Um, and that kind of helped me open up to like, okay, when I'm writing in particular lyrics that, okay, I'll, there's some sort of pattern that needs to go here and then I'll fill in the words later. Uh, but I don't know how you approach the lyrics. Or... Probably in a similar way. Or if I find I just like, there's a particular song we're like working on that gets stuck in my head, then it's like, okay, like I need to come up with something to say because otherwise I'm just like going through this pattern in my head and there's, <laughs> it's not enjoyable. So yeah, once we <laughs> just like write some words, then we can just like repeat the words instead. Oh, it's nice. like a communication. Yeah, it's fun even when you see a band that kind of does that and everyone just goes, you know, tries to pull everything apart and then the group will say well yeah that sounds good that that could be what it means <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure did either of you like play in other groups or like you said you had a, a, quite a bit of a previous experience yeah for a bit i think uh back you know uh what what, what got my interest in you know trying it again at this point was played uh with a group of guys in high school you know, I had the high school band going and uh, it was it was awesome. It was a good time, right? Just hanging out, learning to play our instruments, you know, getting a couple of friends really, you know, had the courage to really write some stuff out. So that was really nice. Um, we got, you know, we played some nice shows um, around the, the town where we went to high school, which was awesome. And, you know, we all kind of went away to uh, university, I guess, and then um you know just that itch to keep playing i played in, in cover groups and other things like that but um 
personally on, on my end i think when we got to london it was you know okay what what can we do now we're both in the same spot we both have played for so long and we've you know dabbled covering songs together and that but let's let's see what we can do together but yeah i mean kate's got a lot of experience playing you know recitals and that and sort of you know, performing in that sense too yeah like mostly just like school like bands kind of stuff more like classical music type of things but uh i've never really played in like a rock band or anything <laughs> like that so this is the first time but it's been fun right with so much stuff you know being online now and people kind of even questioning sometimes the use of labels it seems like it's such a different thing than you know 10 15 20 years ago Hmm. yeah for sure we've even uh you know when we're like um releasing stuff and uploading it's there's always like label what's your label and then there's the clear option that's no label just because you know everyone's sort of like it's opened up to everyone to say well you know you can go ahead and do it uh give it a shot um and it's just fun to see some of you know the response and some of the return uh, on things it has been fun too I kind of remember a band like uh, Sum 41 and kind of the story of like, I think one profile read their parents gave them like two years after high school to like, well, if you can't make it. And then they said, well, we'll take one year. And, and they actually did it like in one year. <laughs> like, now we'll yeah. only take one year. And it kind of weirdly worked out for them. Yeah, for sure. I saw, uh, they're all, I mean, I think they're headlining still some big festivals now for sure, which is, what must be 10, 20 years on now, those guys. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I think one of my, my first bands did some, some 41 covers too, you know, great, some great stuff from, uh, from the GTA. There were those um, kind of pay to play shows way back when, do you remember those where it'd be like 10, 15 groups on a, a show and you just kind of sell some tickets to friends if you could. <laughs> just to get a, a big enough crowd in. Yeah, those were yeah i mean i don't know sorry go ahead yeah no those were a lot of fun like just as a teenager you'd go maybe to see your friend but then you have to sit through like eight other ones first <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah getting uh you know it was always fun to get the opportunity to play and then yeah definitely go see your your friends play maybe find someone else new that, that was cool too but yeah after you know after the first few bands then it was uh it was okay uh it's time to wrap it up <laughs> what's the one club venue i don't think i ever made it out there to london uh what was it was it called call the office yeah yeah that one's uh that was definitely the historic uh famous uh well-known one here i don't and unfortunately it's not open right now they uh shut it down during the pandemic and i haven't heard any word of it coming back yet but i guess during the big lockdowns i mean but yeah, that one, uh, lots of, lots of history there. So what were even some of the, you know, early concerts you guys went to that really kind of got you into music? I'm not sure. I remember we, we went to a few in Thunder Bay at like the, the outpost. I feel like we saw like against me there. Yeah. Yeah. And Kilroy's too. That's where we saw it's against me and like some fire back in the early days yeah i remember those things and then like 
just like bigger bands. Like I remember going to see the White Stripes at like the MTS Center in Winnipeg, and that was like a cool show. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, what else did we see? Oh yeah, we saw also Protest the Hero go through in in Winnipeg as well when we were there. That was a big one. That was yeah. sort of our first um, small sort of club show as well, and that and I think that had a big influence on us for sure. But else? You know, yeah, like Kate said, some big bands saw like the Foo Fighters as well um, in big arena show and just see what see what they did there. You know, putting on that um, just explosion of sound was big. And coincidentally, the Constantines were opening up for them. And, you know, just being introduced to a band like that in sort of that setting, that arena setting, which, uh, you know, they didn't play a lot of, but. Um, for them to see it like that uh, was was pretty amazing for me just to see Constantine's like that. But um, yeah, I mean, still to this day, I get you know pumped to see you know Daniel Romano come through town or something like that. Or um, we just saw Billy Talent. Yeah, I saw Billy Talent <laughs> again. That was nice to see Rising Gates, and um, I got to see Bully down in Nashville, which was a big one. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we still get excited for shows, which is nice. And I think there's been a rejuvenated sense to um, live music is coming back slowly. You know, some people are more uh, prepared to play uh, than others, which is you know, good on either end. But it, people are excited, I think, to see and, and be together and hear the growls of guitars or the beats or whatever it might be that you're interested in uh, here. Now, do you feel like, you know, as a band in, in this day and age, the need to upload content almost for the sake of content? Because a lot of groups, even, even from like a PR or management sense, are told, you know, just keep your name out there. There's these, you know, algorithms behind these sites. And you don't want to get lost in the shuffle. It must, I think even for some bigger artists, there's always that weird like paranoia of kind of getting lost yeah for sure i think uh and that's even one of the discussions we have regularly is more you know are one are we doing enough but we don't want to you know it feels like a pressure at some point and it feels uh forced and, and sort of silly like you're, you're suggesting other artists have said and i mean it's tough right there's not um you know it's sort of expecting now whether that's right or not it's not sure but uh, it's expected that if yeah if you want to release stuff and be able to play some shows people are checking right your activity on social sites and your followers and all that too as much as they're listening to your music right so uh there's definitely sort of that push that says well content for content's sake um so sometimes you know you plan to break things up into snippets to be able to you know fill fill that need and then you see uh yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough balance. I understand that it's expected. And so you do some of it. Sometimes you do it reluctantly. Sometimes you're you're up for it, right? It's nice to share our music or share a show that we're playing or share work by some of our favorite bands too, or our local favorites, local friends. So um, yeah, I mean, there's highs and lows to it, I guess, for a, for a simple answer on my end. Yeah, it's just so different because you don't want to get lost in those analytics and then you almost feel like you're just like a data point you know yeah yeah exactly for sure no i think is it wood paneled walls is more of a instrumental bit you put out 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. Is that more about the basement itself? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say it's uh it's kind of like the soundscape of the basement or something. Um I think it was just kind of like one day we were just we went down to jam and then it just came out and then we we're like this one has no lyrics to it so <laughs> it, yeah it just became what it became but it's kind of a fun one to just play and yeah yeah it's got a groove and i mean to be honest to it just sort of our, our childhood basement had these weird wood panel walls uh which we i mean which i love too um and then the house that we the apartment that we happened to be writing a bunch of these newer songs in also had these wood panel walls so it just became well it's, it's some sort of homage again and then it uh, you know fit the aesthetic of crawl space curtain and this unfinished basement set so it's uh the theme itself of the name but also just the 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 groove of the i don't know of the of the drums ripping and then the guitar coming in yeah it uh it came together nicely and we didn't want to overdo it so we felt the instrumental sense uh you know, conveyed that that aesthetic i think cass our younger sister also named that song because we used to do we would like call her while we were jamming sometimes to like play her songs and then one day we were like oh what should this be called and then she was like looking at all the like paneling in our basement i was like oh wood paneled yeah <laughs> so. yeah that's true would do you think you would want to get together like a physical release as well yeah for sure we actually um we reached out to Ross at uh, Universal Weepy Eye. He puts together these uh, cassettes for a, a lot of great bands, you know, uh, like great local bands to Strawberry Cough and Mall Crimes. Um, but yeah, he, he was down and excited to put together some uh, cassettes, some tapes for us. So we've got that coming out uh, next Friday, or this coming Friday, uh, as well as our um show with uh here in london with revive live but uh that yeah that's definitely our first stage some physical copies of that will be uh are certainly in the mix and we're excited to to get that in people's hands as well right as much as everything's digitized now it's it's still nice to have that something to take home and even look at if uh you know people aren't playing as often as they used to but what was that show you're playing coming up uh this friday uh it's at a local spot here the holy diver um which i assume has something to do with you know do and that but um it's uh, uh we're playing a show it's through uh what do you call it like a setup revived live through the london arts council slash london music office um they're just sort of you know in the depths of the pandemic they'd put on stream shows with no audience but now they're opening up a live shows, promoting bands, you know, paying them you know, accordingly, which is always nice too. Um, yeah, so we're looking forward to it. We're playing with our good friend Subdrop, uh, amazing uh, sort of psych dance, doo-wop rock band. Um, they, they get your free movement for sure. We're excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, yeah. You know, when it comes to streaming, and that's basically how a lot of the way we we do things now i was talking to one musician and he kind of compared it to back in the day when you know the downloading was rampant but he almost feels like streaming like the company's found like a legal way to steal from artists almost <laughs> he calls it yeah i mean uh you know it's 
it's tough. We've seen, you know, the big artists take on the streamers and that. I mean, it's not really, it's tough for us, to, you know, to get into that battle and, and say much uh, beyond that. But, you know, it's, of course, um, at least for the live performances, if there are people willing to pay uh, bands accordingly for their time, that's that's good to see. And we definitely, you know, support that. And uh, But yeah, the streaming is tough, right? It's uh, the, the value of music. And the way it's been sort of devalued through the streaming services, as as you're noting, is you know, it's tough. It's tough to combat uh, at this point. But um, yeah. And then you have other things. Sorry, I'm I'm jumping around quite a bit here. Oh no! Like um, you know, the micro content, something like TikTok, that's kind of changed a lot of things too. Yeah, we. I think that was like, was it in the middle of an, a lockdown when? We were just like, oh, we should try posting on TikTok. <laughs> I know I have what I, I spend too much time on the internet sometimes. And I thought like, oh, this could be like a an interesting way to like connect to a different audience as well. And yeah, it's it's you know, quick snippets, like you're saying, the micro bits. Uh you know, it's it's tough, right? Some things that'll catch people's eye or ear or whatever sense, right? Um and I think somebody at a show once had it like streaming on TikTok or something too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, somebody had set up their phone to stream the show on, on TikTok. So things are things are changing, as you're saying. So let's say you you could play with any artists that you kind of look up to. Who would that be? <laughs> um, oh man, it's, I mean, there's always an endless list, but. Um, I mean, I already mentioned uh, Bully. I think playing with Alicia Barniano would be something we'd both like. Um, play with um, who else? I mean, I mean, I guess a couple of people I've already mentioned, right? Like, you know, Dan Romano and he has the outfit or the outfit has Dan Romano. You know, you never know which way that goes, but um, they're just always playing and they're so they're such talented musicians. That would be that would be pretty awesome. To play alongside. I don't know anyone particular even uh you know we, we like we love the classics too like atlantis morissette would be awesome <laughs> yeah i mean or like tegan and sarah yeah like true Tegan. some sort of set the uh tool i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah i know yeah that's a good point too yeah i just saw this like i guess the last album tool put out they put out some uh like super vinyl edition that people are buying now. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too with all these. Uh, first, I think the first release came with like all these crazy packaging uh, things. But yeah, the vinyl. Uh, I, yeah, I just saw it at the music store here the other day to the crazy, you know, deluxe packaging or something like that. Still emphasizing like that physical element, I guess, too. Yeah, they've always been more of the, you know, you come see the show and, and that's really what you get. They want to try and keep like a pure experience to it in a way. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, a few bands, um, even someone like, um, you know, the past few years, someone like, you know, Billie Eilish or has really come up as a kind of a voice for like a, you know, younger generation and just different things that, you know, whether it be, you know, climate like anxiety or that sort of stuff she's really started talking about these things and 
you think it's important to have maybe, I don't know if you want to call it like an activist element in, in music? Um, yeah, I think that it's kind of like, it's a good space to be able to like talk about things that are important to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I would agree. I think, I mean, from my perspective too, it's just, uh, you know, again, I've heard other artists talk about things and I sort of, you know, building, pulling from all the things other people have said, but, uh, you know, there's a space, particularly for me, I think where um, there's, there's so much, uh, you know, things being said, uh, you know, by male artists and stuff. So I think there's a space that needs to be, you know, taking a step back in, in some cases, but also I think exactly what you're saying that we need to continue to speak to things like, you know, the anxiety over uh, the climate crisis or, you know, how we handle, you know, health crises or whatever it may be, how we handle other people uh, essentially is basically the discussion. But um, we always have sort of this self-conscious that we need to be saying something. We can't just be saying, you know, a bunch of random bullshit that doesn't make any sense, even though sometimes it might come off that way, I think. But um, yeah, I think it is important to keep speaking to, to you know, important issues for sure. Yeah, and even um, mediocre tendencies, and, and that one specifically, is there some, like, me like your message or thought behind the lyrics there? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, <clears throat> you know, as simple as, as they sort of come off, I think there's sort of a, you know, weird duality there where um, we're, on one hand, I think reminding ourselves to, you know, not, uh, hold ourselves to this like perfect standard and accept that there are mistakes or mediocre elements but also i think recognizing at the same time that you know as um you know white people in this world basically we have this uh opportunity to be mediocre whereas you know many other marginalized people don't um so i think it's a at, at once you know a dual recognition um to be aware of that and uh you know i don't know does that make sense yeah definitely okay <laughs> Lost, losing my train of thought it's almost all not like realizing you know the the privilege where you're, you're born in a certain place with a certain background that sort of thing yeah yeah exactly it's that you know i, I once you know recognizing that understanding that and trying to um understand your role then in this in in the place uh in in the world you know going forward understanding that we don't always um need to be front and center as 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 white people in this case exactly and but also then on the other <laughs> side you know uh, uh, accepting our our mediocre tendencies as well and not uh personally individually driving uh ourselves wild trying to trying to do something that's you know impossible in some sense no it's a really good idea because you know, you get the whole technological aspect of everything and all this focus on, you know, efficiency, productivity, and then you kind of lose yourself in it sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the same, uh, like, like we said before, I think we have those conversations as a, you know, I know we're only a duo, but as a, as a band, it, we're always saying, well, okay, what's, you know, 
what are we supposed to be uh, upholding ourselves to and what you know what can we accept as um you know a good standard for you know the music we put out the the electronic digital things we put out whatever it might be but um yeah for sure you like you say you can get lost in the mix if uh if you're focused on one thing but yeah so even with the ep this might be more of a kind of artist process question but when do you know okay like this song is done we're gonna we're gonna record it or we're good with this version of it um i'm not sure we kind of for the ep we kind of had sent the producer like a selection of songs and she was like interested in or like gave us an idea of like which one she thought we could go forward with and then we just kind of went from there with like making sure they were complete but I think we've had a few like songs more recently where we thought they were done and then we like have revisited them and kept like rebuilding them so it's I feel like it is always a process like we played shows where we played like the same set or like lineup of songs and then we like completely like dismantle it and change it around now and like I think it's always kind of like building on the next thing and then the EP just kind of like exists out there as it is but there's always like I don't know an element of change in the rest of our work yeah one thing that is really interesting to me is that there's been these like uh Taylor Swift reissues where she's kind of going through her whole catalog Mm. and the real like you know crazy fans are like oh I can hear this part's a little bit different (laughs) if you really listen to to what's happening (laughs) yeah for sure I uh I mean yeah it's true I think she's like showing that uh there's you know always change like Kate was saying Uh, I mean I think also on the one hand that's part of you know Taylor Swift's uh like reclamation of her publishing rights or something like that so i think there's like a strategic element to it but uh, yeah the, there's uh that acceptance of of the growth as well even if it's a uh, you know a bit of minutiae involved in the the mixing or mastering but so are there any specific bands or artists you're kind of going for with this project even as it changes kind of as like a backbone of you know these guys we really like and respect and not that we want to do the same thing but it's kind of what we build off of yeah yeah i mean uh, i mean when people hear i think most often they'll sort of um two or three main bands will come to people's minds and say this you know sort of nirvana-esque or you know they see the two of us playing and kate on drums and they'll say oh this must be white stripes-esque or something and you know just the sound of the guitars and even the down to the amps um they'll see some sort of black sabbath mix in there uh i think you know that's definitely all there and we're not it would be silly to pretend that it's not because i think that's all going on in there for sure that sort of structures it um but you know as as we mentioned you know a couple times there's there's bands that have sort of built on those sounds as well that we also respect going into you know what what is it the 2020s now or whatever we call it but um you know even great bands you know toronto bands like mets uh you know um you know older bands too like monique still plays shows every now and then 
uh, bands like that, we said Against Me is a big band for us, sort of a, a bedrock sound and approach to it all for us as well, too. Um, and even, you know, in a, in a weird way, I think our artistic approach, even if it's not the sound, is heavily influenced by someone like Simone Schmidt, uh, you know, just driving. I mean, they're incredibly talented, not that we're anywhere, you know, as close as talented as they are, but um, just just the work they put out with the you know, Atlantic School of Spontaneous Composition as well. Um, just the craft of it all is something that really uh, drives us, you know, artistically, even if the sounds are, are different, I think. Simone Schmidt, I don't think I know them. Oh, yeah. Uh, super talented. I think Toronto-based sort of psych, uh, not psych, what did I say? Alternative country folk, you know, different sounds from the highest order. Um, just, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say, but yeah, highly recommend. Okay, cool. Um, one last thing maybe, and this is more just from like a, a music fan point of view, just looking at the different eras and, and that sort of thing, it almost seems like, um, you know, a lot of youth culture with the internet and and phones and that sort of thing, it almost feels like, you know, R&B rap has kind of taken over. I don't know if it's the accessibility or just kind of creating beats, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, why maybe um, hip hop is kind of a predominant kind of thing going on now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's awesome. It's great to, uh, you know, we're hip hop fans. We're not, you know, as um, you know, educated in the history as, you know, we are other genres, but um, it might be, you know, like you said, accessibility. I think there's also, again, the, the elements of, you know, rock, classic rock has been such a dominant genre, sort of, again, not to uh racialize everything but there's a white voice there that that leads the discussion um so it's about you know again it's one of those uh not about time but yes it's time to hear and it's great to hear um hip-hop voices hip-hop as you said you know beat makers um communicating their you know emotions feelings thoughts the same way that people have through guitars and drums for such a long time um yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 exciting. It's great to see all the different shifts. It's been basically, you know, one of the few new um, explosions of music in the last, you know, thirty years or so. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's great to hear, and it's fun. It's fun. Um, it, it's it's always interesting. It's exciting and curious to see if bands are open to doing things like you know, crossover genre shows. That's what I'm excited and interested to see as as we revive live, uh, shall I say, you know, not so much sticking to this is a rock show, this is a punk show, this is a hip hop show that, you know, it's, it'd be interesting to see some crossover there. Um, I don't know if the, the fans will like it or allow it, uh, even some artists might not, but, uh, or the labels or the industry perhaps, uh, but it would be cool to see. For sure. So you've got this show um, coming up. Anything else you guys are, are working through? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're always writing. We're always practicing. Um, we got, you know, always a few songs in the mix where 
in contact with our producer regularly now and she's always looking for our next little bits that we're working on so um nothing immediate in the works beyond hopefully uh, a few more shows this summer and that um but yeah i mean always always making new music for sure that was my interview with kate and ryan together they are older siblings this has been cambrio for cambriomusic.com thanks so much for coming by